you're listening to Of Sights and Men with Benji and Jacob. A Daily Magician production. Lights and men. First of all, I'd like to apologize for my microphone quality. I know it's not quite as good as it usually is. That's because I just moved house and I've yet to get my good setup going. <laughs> but hopefully the content of the podcast will make up for that. Uh, today we're joined by a very special guest, one I'm very excited to have on, uh, Magical Katrina. Uh, Katrina Karach has professionally performed. Hopefully I didn't just destroy your name, by the way. Uh, I'll, I'll get to the end and then you can tell me if I did. <laughs> uh, has professionally performed her unique blend of playful and whimsical magic worldwide in over 18 countries, such as France, Germany, Africa, India, Mexico, and even America. Uh, she's been cast um, a cast member of the international touring show Champions of Magic and a performer on numerous network television shows, including Masters of Illusion, Pan and Teller Foolless. Uh, she's volunteered and been an advocate for Magicians Without Borders and the nonprofit Emergency Circus. Magical Katrina is a leading mind in magic, has lectured for the International Brotherhood of, of, of Magicians, the Society of American Magicians, and the world's largest on-time magic, online magic retailer, Penguin Magic. So quite the resume, and, and, and it goes on that you've been featured in so many magazines, including the Lincoln Ring, Genie Magazine, Magic Monthly, Vanish Magazine. Uh, you've also been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, and so much more. I've been following what you've been doing for a while, Katrina. Um, but yeah, it's so good to have you on today. How How's your day been so far? I know I already asked you this, but I guess I'm asking you again. Oh, yeah. So my day's been wonderful. And um, actually, I'm excited because in the next few weeks, I'll hopefully be able to add USA Today to that list. Ooh, not bad. Things. Yeah. So fingers crossed. It hasn't come out yet, but uh, I'm excited. So I'm having a good day. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, and, and you'll also be able to add of Slights and Men, which I think will probably rank slightly higher above USA Today <laughs> in the sort of public perception, I think. It's... Yeah, yeah, that's true. true. <laughs> you can always add that to your resume. <laughs> well, I think I'll start with um, kind of, well, honestly, just like the most basic question, but one that I'm always interested in, I'm always interested to hear about. Um, so where did magic start for you, Katrina? Where did your whole magic journey actually begin? That's a great question. So uh, when I was, you know, a little girl, I always wanted to be a witch. Um, nice. And yeah, and you know, nobody ever bought me a magic kit. As like, I know that's what all female magicians say. We're like, oh, boo hoo is me. <laughs> um, I did, you know, <laughs> but uh, I just never thought of it as like a thing. And uh, right. then I, wa- when, oh, I did watch Arrested Development in high school, and like I thought. <laughs> I thought that was what magicians were. And when I was like... It's not that far off, to be fair. No, it's not. (laughs) No, and I was right by the Magic Castle, you know, and then that's in the show. It's funny. Um, But what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So I, uh, at like 17, 18, I wanted to do, I wanted to do musical theater my whole life and, you know, be on Broadway. And I got a job as a princess at children's parties. And they taught me a few... Yeah, it was fun. I would say I was a professional princess, though, not a magician, even though I did a 30 minute (laughs) family friendly children's magic show. I just Mm. um, at the time when I was like 17, 18, I thought it was um, cooler to be a princess 
but I didn't know how cool magic was until I went to the magic castle a few years later for the first time. And I was like, oh, wow, magic's wow. like an art form. I love it. So uh, and then I just kind of made magic my career. But I started as a princess doing like dove bat or dove pan, you know, hippity hop rabbits, all that kids magic stuff. <laughs> wow, that's really cool. I mean, that is like quite the kind of like the ultimate origin story honestly to come from like a magic castle <laughs> to be introduced that way that must have been pretty awesome pretty like impactful being when you were younger yeah i mean well so that's definitely what made me like respect magic and see it as an art form and mm. fall in love with it for the four years probably before i went to the magic castle i was uh -huh. technically doing magic professionally but um like for children you know yeah. uh but i didn't like have as much of a love for it as I did because I didn't think that it could be more than what I was doing which was kind of like cheesy bad magic um <laughs> like so uh yeah I, I'm I'm glad that I discovered that because it really like um shaped my career and made me realize this is something that I want to do in the long term and add my own elements to and yeah I love the castle that's awesome actually that leads me kind of perfectly into my next question actually which was just um I feel like performing for children is really like underrated in terms of like it's an insane skill set and one that's so different from like quote-unquote like normal performances uh and when I was looking through your site I saw that you obviously you won a children's performer of the year award in the past so I wanted to ask you kind of how what are your top tips for performing for children and how do you get good at it Oh, that's a great question. And um, I'm going to say what I'm going to tell you is what I've learned from like 11 years of totally failing. Like <laughs> my first few shows were bad. Um, I would say just top tip, go and read anything Silly Billy has done. I read his mm -hmm. books about three years into being a children's entertainer and someone had recommended it to me like when I started and I thought, oh, i'll get around to that and i read right. that and i thought oh my gosh this would have saved me so much time and awkward moments and like bad shows if i just read silly billy's book mm. um so uh please go read silly billy's book uh so um but i would say my best advice if you are like in the car listening to this and you don't want to go buy a book um my advice is just to remember that it's a journey. It's not about the destination with kids magic. It's about like the ridiculousness and silliness along the way. So um, the magic's important. I do think it's important and you can charge so much more if your tricks fool parents too. And you let them know that it's going to impress the other parents. Cause a lot of times people are just paying for a party to impress the other parents, you know? Um, but uh so definitely that's important but at the end of the day it's also just about the journey so if you have like five magic moments in five minutes that's cool but if you do one trick with one magic moment that takes five minutes but you have 20 smelly sock jokes and unicorn jokes in there and the kids are laughing and interacting and jumping around and screaming and getting into it um then then you're i would say as a kids magician you're a success and that's a different metric than you know magic for adults you go by kind of like interaction and how much energy and how captivated the audience is with kids um and so yeah it's it's really very much about like directing energy that not to sound like a hippie i i mean like no, literal no. energy like getting them to scream and stuff <laughs> not like energy yeah. vibes 
Um, kids that, energy, that which is yeah, the most kid. powerful energy. <laughs> the most power we can harness it to, to make cars, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe. I, I'll say, too, with kids' magic, um, you can... I'm very business minded, I would say, and uh, you can get a, you can get away with charging a lot more if mm -hmm. you uh, are doing magic that's thrilling to the adults, as I said, and also the more you add value to it. So if you like make a magic kit appear, um, if you sound like mm -hmm. you're an expert in the field, like I talk to parents all the time and they're like, oh, I uh, emailed five people and you're the only one that's ever reached back and called me. The rest wow. just, you know, sent their rates. And often it's just like befriending these uh, moms and occasionally dads, but I will say it's mostly moms that yeah, are planning I, the I parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just befriending them and finding out their concerns and their kind of goals and like, oh, what, what, what do you want to get out of this party? And then just listening to them and being the professional and, yeah. you know, Taking it making seriously. it really yeah, taking it seriously and just being really easy too to work with. Like they just want to get an item off their to-do list. So if you send them a payment link, all the questions, videos to show the, you know, the dad or their partner, um, you know, just things like that. Just make it really easy to book you. Like answer their questions before they have them. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. That's some really great tips. <laughs> yeah, we quick follow-up question on that. What are your top tips for crowd control when you're performing for children? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I have an amazing headset speaker I got on Amazon. It's called a Groove, or it's Groove. Here, let me uh -huh. look it up. It's like either G-R-O-O-V-E, and it's like a, a little speaker that clips onto your hip, or it's C-R-O-O-V-E. So just look up those two on Amazon. It's it's one of those. You'll Groove get that. Groove. <laughs> and uh i just can't remember and uh it's like 40 dollars, and it goes on your hip and it uh -huh. makes you one look way fancier than you are even if you're doing oh, a nice. show in someone's backyard having this fancy little mm -hmm. hip speaker makes you look prepared and two <laughs> it makes your voice so much louder even if you just have like 10 kids screaming and when i say screaming i mean in a good way like i get them yeah. all riled up like on purpose i'm trying to wear them out you know so that when i leave the parents don't have to deal with as much you know <laughs> like, yeah, yeah that's one of my goals is like get all their wiggles out um so i would say that speaker is life-changing i also use it for walk around at weddings and events and things mm. or if i have like a corporate show or anything that's like you know under 40 people because it's really small it packs and it makes you look professional but it's great if there's like a live band or something and you're doing strolling uh -huh. magic um, it also just lets people know, like, you're supposed to bother them when you're doing strolling mm -hmm. magic. Like, I'm like, hi, I'm the magician. Like, they can tell you're a performer um, instead of just a random person. So I really like that. But anyway, so that's great for kids. Um, and uh, you can also use it for trade shows, too. It's it's just magic. It's my favorite. Uh, and then uh, audience control-wise, like, I find some things that I do that are different because I think all kids magicians kind of do similar things. But one thing I'm very proud of is, you know, when a kid shouts out, they think they know how it's done which is like the seven to nine-year-old range of kids yeah. most uh -huh. of the time. Um, I actually was uh, somewhere the other day, and I won't say where and I won't say who, but it was a public kids show. And I just watched uh -huh. this 50-year-old man get just taken down by this seven-year-old girl yeah. because Yikes. she knew where the rabbit was. And hit, but he, she was like, it's behind that door. <laughs> like, 
and he had no comeback. And I was like, whoa, you've been performing like 20 years. And what I do, at least, and I didn't read this in any book, I think I'm like, I don't know, I am the, I don't know if I made it, but like, it's an original thought to you. Yeah, yeah, it's an original thought. <laughs> I invented this, you know. Yeah. Um, I'll say, uh, like, if someone's like, I know how that's done, or, or it's done this way, or like, I see the string or whatever, I'll go, I'll say like, oh, that's a really good guess. I won't even answer their question, right? But I'll go, I'll like look at them and I'll say, that's a really good guess. In fact, one of my favorite things about magic is that it encourages you to problem solve and puzzle solve and try to think about how the things work. So you're already thinking like a magician, which is great. And if you guys have any other ideas of how you think it might work, you're totally welcome to shout them out loud. And I will say at the end of the show, I usually upsell teaching the kids magic tricks. So then I I say at the end, we're all going to learn how to become magicians. And, you know, I'll, I'll I have a couple of different things that are easy that I teach them. Mm-hmm. But we're all going to learn how to become magicians. But that's so great that you're already thinking like a magician. And I'll say that usually is positive. I think the parents are impressed. They're like, wow, it's almost educational. <laughs> and then um, yeah. and then it just totally deflates the kids because they're like, oh, she wants yeah. us to do this. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. and they might still now shout it out, but. Yeah, they're like, well, now if she wants it, I'm not, I don't want to do it as much, you know? Um, So that's something I like to do. And I, I, I'm atheist, but I don't tell parents that. And I don't know what their actual belief system is, right? But like, I think it's Mm -hmm. funny. It's like, I'm always like, yeah, don't believe everything you see. Always question things in front of you and think about the scientific way it could be done. Like, I just uh, very subtly uh, (laughs) talk a lot about about how magic's children? not real <laughs> um and i i wasn't what did you say nothing i was just messing with you i was like very yeah. subtly very subtly indoctrinate people's children <laughs> totally yeah no i'm trying I, I try not to but no, that's that the job is a lot of, no, it's good it's good it's good that is a lot of what magic is is mm-hmm. like you know oh there's actually a way this is done and and a, it's a trick and i right. never you know, it's like the mentalists that claim they can actually talk to the dead. I don't like those people. I don't appreciate yes. that. I'd rather yeah. be very honest and be like, no, it's all made up and you guys can do this too. Like, right. it, it, I think it's more empowering. But I did talk to a parent once that I knew was not religious. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, I just shoot him down and I just accidentally create little atheists. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I briefly interrupt this podcast to uh, just share a little uh, self-promotion with you if I could. Um, If you're enjoying what you're listening to right now um, and you think that maybe you'd enjoy more of our content, uh, please head over to the dailymagician.com slash books. There you'll find 24 classic magic books for free and you'll be signed up for our daily emails where you can hear and get more content just like this. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed so far. And uh, like I said, that's the dailymagician.com slash books. Claim 24 classic magic books for free. And you'll also uh, be getting daily content yeah, but, from us uh, with more yeah, incredible point, content. I feel like just like me and Benji this. have been talking about this a lot recently where it's like, I don't know, sometimes as magicians, we like actually think like normal lay people believe that like magic is real, but like everyone knows it's a trick. <laughs> just the job of the performer to make them feel comfortable, you know, and, and to enjoy that trick i guess even the same for kids right there's no point in like being like well no no it's real magic that would just be yeah like like you said like that feels like a really good way to handle it and also def- and make them feel like very validated 
and also not want to talk anymore. So it sounds like I'm <laughs> <handling> it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I like, like to do that. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if I have any other uh, unique words of wisdom about mm. kids entertaining. Uh, oh, I will say just a business thing, just upsell products if you can. I use this website mm. called Custom Magic Kits and I was doing not to, you know, get too in the weeds about pricing, but I, you know, 10 years ago when I was a princess, I was probably charging a hundred to 300. And then as I became more of just a magician, maybe 400 to 500. When I started being able to upsell magic kits to the kids, like as party favors, and also like making a magic kit appear for the birthday child. Now I'm able to do like 700 to a thousand dollar parties just because of products, you know, Mm -hmm. of course, like something costs $2 to have made and then you sell it for $10. So there is some cost, but um, that's life changing. And I will say a great resource for that is Mm custommagickits.com. Just try to make sure that the information you put on the white label box matches the theme of the box. Mm -hmm. Because if you Google it, if you Google custom magic kits, you'll see a lot of awkward older men like standing there making jazz hands with like mm-hmm. really brightly colored cartoons on the box. And it just yeah, looks very out of place. Um, so it's very, I don't know if you've seen those, but I think it's very worth it to pay someone on Fiverr 20 bucks to have a cartoon version of you. Yeah. So you can put it on the box and it just all your marketing matches because yeah. it just looks awkward having this poorly Photoshopped like person on the box. Um, yeah. And it depends on what package you get to, like the street magic one. You can have like a really cool pose where you're doing like jazz mm-hmm. hands. And by jazz hands, you know what I mean, like magic fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. but just so think they... about how yeah. it looks, because then white mm-hmm. label doesn't look as bad if you mm-hmm. just think about those details. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. So do they? Do you order from them in bulk, and they come to you, and you sort of like carry them around with you when you go to a show, and you sell them physical, or do you? Can you order them like? one at a time online as well and do they drop ship at all um they that's great and i don't think they drop ship again i'm not an authority but mm-hmm. you order them in in bulk of 100 and um i will say that was very frustrating when i had a studio apartment because my kitchen like the top shelves uh, were just full of children's magic oh no. kits uh now i have storage for them um uh-huh. but there you get them in a hundred bulk and uh I have them on a Shopify website too, mm-hmm. just because why not? And why not? Um, I also sell them in advance of get, of parties. Mm-hmm. So I have like three parties for my children's package. And um, like one is just a 30 minute show. It's my cheapest option. It's the minimum I would show up and want to do for the minimumist amount of money. And then uh, the middle one is that plus some strolling magic, plus I teach them a magic trick and I make a big, a boxed magic kit appear for the birthday mm-hmm. child and little um, flat wand magic kit bags. They come with like 10 little tricks, but they're things that pack flat. So they're like that domino trick where you cover up the domino dots and um, two card Monty. And so anyway, those are like, I think $2 and I, I sell them for like five bucks mm-hmm. to them. But, uh, but the package will just include 15 kits. You know, I think the average birthday party is about 10 to 20 kids. And then I say, mm-hmm. if additional kids show up, I always bring extra $5 more. Um, and then after the show and the lesson, um, I'll usually say like, by the way, if you guys want the box kit, I also am selling that. But I find if I've already passed out goodie bags, those the upsell doesn't work but if i'm at a party where 
they didn't buy that fancy middle package where I make all these kits appear and it's baked into the cost. Mm -hmm. um, if I bring kits and I say, you know, if you guys pay an additional, like here's like back of the room sales, I'll often have parents that come and get one kid or um, so I've had the birthday parent, like after I did the show and pitch the kits go, oh, we actually do want to buy those for everyone. I'm like, do you have 30? And so I always bring a bunch extra in my car. I'll say they're also great. Like um, around Christmas time, I do really well. I'll do like, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I sure bet. we all do. It's like every corporate event that mm -hmm. decides they don't ever want a magician suddenly needs one in two mm -hmm. week period in December. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I stack, I stack my gigs like so much. And I tell them, I'm like, I have a gig six to seven. Uh, I just Googled it. It's a 19 minute drive. So I'll come to you, but um, I'll just stack it. And this, maybe this is bad, but my thing with in December is ask for forgiveness, not permission. So if I can stack a gig and there's like, and I, and I'll be late if I hit traffic, but I'm still mm -hmm. making a couple thousand in a night, I'm just going to do it because um, it's December. I, you know, I feel like Mario jumping around, getting little boxes and like trying to gather all the coins before time runs out. That's December for me. So anyway, what I'll do with these magic kits is I will bring different variations of them in my car and they just live in my car in December. And so if I end up being like 10 minutes late to a gig, like a corporate event because of traffic, um, you know, I'll, I'll be like, hey, do you have like a child or a child in your life? Child mm -hmm. in your life is great buzzword, mm -hmm. by the way. Um, if you know, as, like as a thing, totally yeah. like, and it makes the person not feel weird that they don't have a child yeah, yeah, as yeah. a woman in her late twenties, I don't want to go up to the CEO that hired me who's in her thirties and go, Oh, do you have kids? So I'll yeah. say, like, do you have a child in your life? Um, and, and if they're like, yes, or pretty much it's always a yes. Uh, I'll give them like a magic kit, but I will say my most advanced magic kit works for adults too. It has like ropes mm -hmm. and sponge balls and mm -hmm. cups and balls. It's not, you know, mm -hmm. kitty stuff necessarily. And it's de decorated nice. So usually um, I'll just figure it out ahead of time, like while I'm on my way. And then I'll mm -hmm. surprise them with, I arrive and I'll say, I'm so sorry I'm late. And, you know, um, I'll stay like over the 10, 15 minutes I was late if I hit traffic or something. And here's a magic kit as an apology. So it's like a great just mm. tool to have in your arsenal mm -hmm. um, just to have. I keep a bunch in my car at all times. Mm -hmm. Is that ever weird when you give friends lifts? You're like, don't mind the, the magic kits back there. It's uh, I can explain. <laughs> well, all my friends know I'm a magician. And yeah. I will say I have a little tiny so they're just uh -huh. like hidden in my trunk no one really oh, okay them. okay nice nice yeah very smooth mm -hmm. yeah well if i can backtrack a little bit um this has been super fascinating i'm just interested because now i'm like how did you go from uh magician princess which by the way is a pretty epic title maybe you want to keep that um and <laughs> go all the way from that to like performing on pen and teller if you could how did how does your kind of magic journey progress over time? That's a great, great question. So um, how I got, well, that's a, that's a long question too. Yeah, I'm uh, sure I see. <laughs> so I, I was a princess. <laughs> yeah, I'll try to think highlights. I don't know if you've noticed, I'm a little ADHD sometimes, so I'll totally go off topic. Um, no, please no, read great. me. <laughs> no, that's great. Thank you. I love the detail. Um, yeah, and I want to give people like actionable, helpful oh, yeah, things. That's, like, actually it, helpful. Well, everything you've said so far is genuinely helpful. So thank you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I so much of what I learned about business was from podcasts like this, and mm. like we're listening to them in between going to like birthday parties and gigs on the weekend. 
And so, and what bothers me when people get interviewed on them is when I feel like they gatekeep or they hint at something, but they don't actually give you the actionable tool for doing it. So I like this thing that I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) Yeah. Or like, yeah, exactly. Or like buy my painting lecture and I'll actually tell you, which is fair. I I respect a hustle, but it's like, you know, give a little, a couple little bites of things that people can do. Um, so, uh, what was I get? Oh yeah. So I was a princess at children's parties, probably for like four or five years before I ever uh, moved to LA. That was in the Bay area. So I didn't really know much about like the magic community. And again, if people ask what I do, I would just say I was a pr- princess and a flapper. Cause I also was in this 1920s dance troupe and we would do corporate events and do like Charleston and chorus line stuff. And the Gatsby movie had just come out. So we were like super popular. We were doing like Google and Twitter and all these corporate events because I lived in um, the Bay Area. So I I worked with all these event planners and agents there as well. And I'd face paint and balloon twist at these events. And then I would do magic and face paint and balloon twist at kids parties. So I moved to LA and I went to the magic class. So I started taking classes there. I learned more about like close up and psychology of magic. And um, I saw amazing acts, right? Like Lucy Darling and Zabrecki and David Kovac and, um, I, there's so many others, but my favorite are people that have characters and theatrical yeah. elements added and don't just do like a, a string of tricks, like, but have something, another element to it. And so I saw all these amazing acts at the castle and I was, I was just so lucky to, that was one of my first intros to magic. I wish it hadn't taken four years to get there. Um, Cause that's also when I probably read like silly Billy's book and I thought, Oh man, like I wish I'd discovered the magic community and been watching magicians and immersing myself in it years ago because I would have saved so much failure but anyway so I uh was like wow you know I love dancing and I love I was doing stand-up comedy just going to open mics and I love sketch writing I was writing sketches and um I you know I did all sorts a million different things and I went to clown school and I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do um I knew that I wasn't good enough at dancing to to do musical theater, which is, was my love. <laughs> and so I, I was like, what am I, what can I, I have all these random skills. And um, at that point, the only thing that really made me money was just doing kids parties. So when I went to the castle and saw these people making magic art and incorporating different elements, I was like, oh, it, like it felt like it all clicked into place and all this, mm-hmm. not to be dramatic, but all this stuff I'd been doing, like learning joke structure and doing stand-up comedy and like, you know, learning how to use Final Draft, which is an application for writing scripts and like all these different weird performance things I picked up in classes I took and improv. I was, and dance, I was like, oh, I can put it through this lens of magic and use it as a vehicle to like do like all the things I love, but also make money. I was like, wow, my mind's blown. So this is my career. And um, since then, so then I just did it more and more. And I went to all those event planners and I, I'm so fortunate that I was already doing corporate events before Magic. Um, I also still walk too. So I went to all these event planners in the Bay Area and in LA. And I said, hey, um, you know how I still walk face paint, balloon twist, and, and do cigarette girl work and dancing at corporate events? Now you can add Magic to that mm-hmm. roster. And they were like, oh, okay, cool. Like, And they know that I do the thing I say I do and that I show mm-hmm. up on time and because they've worked with me for years. So I just immediately started booking corporate events <laughs> You know, just, and I wasn't even that good at walk around, but 
you know, I had a couple tricks in my belt and I'd dress in a cute costume. And I will say it was through agents and event planners um, that didn't pay amazing for magic. They're used to paying me like, you know, two or 300 an hour to face paint. So it wasn't like exceptional rates compared to what one could maybe charge as a magician if you're booked directly. But it was really, really good getting runs and runs and runs of practice and not practice, but like just getting my feet wet. So I was yeah. very lucky that I just was able to immediately, when I started doing close-up magic, just work. Um, I'm so lucky. I know so many magicians like like are like me with musical theater, where they like memorize it and like practice for like years and years and years as a kid and dream of going professional. And I just kind of did the opposite. I was professional and then discovered my love of magic. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm very lucky, but I love it now. I eat it. I eat it up all the time. I consume every magic thing. I practice every day. Like I love mm -hmm. it. It's mm -hmm. I. I've made it definitely a huge part of me. I my whole house is like magic decorated. I have a chandelier that's mm -hmm. like six Art Nouveau magic wands. <laughs> it's beautiful. Nice. It's like this giant <laughs> magic wand chandelier, and I have like a zigzag, and I just am all magicked out here. But Anyway, I, I'm going off on topic talking about decor. Uh, so I went to the we castle, love loved it. I just moved into a new house, so maybe I'll look at the uh, magic wand chandelier for my dining room. <laughs> I will send it to you. It's 1930s Art Nouveau, and it's so pretty. It's like six wands, <laughs> like tarot wands, but I just oh, love wow. that it's magic wands. Um, so where is I? Oh, yeah. So I did that. Um, I love reading self-help books and business books. I've never gone to college for that. Um, but I think that made me just really good at what I do. Like very few magicians I know that are successful magic wise, like amongst magicians, no SEO, like some of them do, but so many of them don't like, so just simple things like SEO and marketing and like sales calls and um, mm -hmm. just admin stuff i think i've been able to do well because i'm good at that mm -hmm. stuff and i focus on that uh and it's always been a money-making thing for me so that's my first mm -hmm. focus unfortunately i feel like i struggle because i'm not making art as and spending mm -hmm. as much time focusing on it as an art form i'm mm -hmm. just like trying to like not be homeless but um mm -hmm. uh so i did that and anyway how i got on fool us to redirect to the getting on fool us I uh, was going to do the close-up competition at SAM, and I am such a procrastinator, so I really like doing com contests because it gets me to, mm -hmm. like, buckle down and do something. It gives me a deadline, a forced deadline, and so I was going to do the close-up contest at SAM, and I, like, emailed, and I said, hey, is it still going on? This is, I think, the week before it, I, and I, you know, I... I don't, I don't even remember the details. I think I emailed them months ago. And Vinny Gross Grosso, Grosso uh, got back to me. He called me and he was like, it's not a close-up competition. It's an audition for the producers of Pat Mental or Fool Us. Um, but you, sh you can do it. You can still do it. Mm -hmm. And I, I was like, oh, well, uh, I don't have anything fooling. So uh, I don't think I should do it. Um, <laughs> and he, was, he said, no, they'll love you. You're funny. People like, like you. Like, they are just looking for people to be entertaining. And so because of Vinny, I was like, oh, okay, I'll do it. 
And then my car broke down. So I had to take a Greyhound bus to Vegas. I slept on the bus and I got there just like in time Jeez. for the performance. I didn't know what I was going to do. I had nothing fooling, but I thought, well, the way I do triumphs is kind of funny. I talk about being a princess and a kid messing up the tricks and I have like original jokes. Um, that premise doesn't sound like very original for triumph, but I have like silly jokes and mm-hmm. um, things that I've written for it and talk about like princess magic and like, all sorts. Of, I always pick a guy and make him the princess because it's funny and have him do princess magic and fix all the cards. Uh, so mm-hmm. I did that and like I, I paused right when I was fanning out the cards to show the one facing the wrong opposite way. And I say, okay, guys, pretend you've never seen Triumph before. And that got like a huge laugh at uh-huh. SAM because they just, you know, I, I, I felt yeah. ridiculous doing Triumph in a room of like hundreds of magicians and fool us producers like like it was i was so embarrassed but i was like this is what i got someone said i should try it (laughs) and so um they met with all of us after and they said um like oh here's our email we think you're really funny um the producers did and they met with all of us and gave us notes and i think some of them they brought on for the show or started talking with the email and some of them they didn't um and i was one of the lucky ones and they said, we really like you, but um, we don't want you to do card magic because we, there's so much card magic. It's like, mm-hmm. um, which is fair. And I will say when I've done Masters of Illusion as well, most TV does not want cards unless you've invented something completely unique and brand new. They want you to do anything else. So uh, another side note, if any of you guys want to get on Fool Us or Masters, don't do cards or classics. I know you want to, but that's not what they're looking mm-hmm. for. Unless you've like invented something amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, then they'll take it, right? But uh, I think they have like a literal quota of like one or two card tricks an episode. And mm-hmm. so it's a literal cutoff. Um, anyway, they said, we like you, you're funny, like send us everything you do. And I sent them a bunch of different clips of things and options. And um, this, the one I ended up doing on Fool Us was a combination of a bunch of different ideas. I was doing dry erase uh, with lipstick double cross kind of thing like where mm-hmm. where I had a lipstick but I had a red dry erase marker and it was on my hand and then on their hand and then I was also doing an out of this world um with frogs and princes when I was a princess uh-huh. I, I don't know if do you know these phrases these magic phrases I hope some of your listeners do I don't want to explain yeah, them I'm sure magic but they will. yeah <laughs> um so I was doing that where all the little girls I'd have a bunch of frogs and we separate them between if you kiss them, if they'll be end up as just mm-hmm. frogs or princes. So that was a That's cute cool. character driven out of this world and a uh, bunch of different things. And I was pitching them to people and being like, I didn't like just all my ideas and trying to come up with something new. And I was in Vegas and I was talking to Sean Farquhar and he was like, why don't you combine dry erase and your dating concept? And so I was like, Oh, that's really smart. And he, and I said, Oh my God, that's great. I could do that. And he said, yeah, just if you win, um, and, and they come and they hug you and give you the trophy, just whisper, Sean Farquhar says hi. And I thought that was really funny. <laughs> he's really wonderful and supportive to young mm-hmm. people. And, um, it's, he's a great, you know, mind and magic and awesome. So, uh, anyway, I, that's kind of how that came about is I did all these different things and combined them. And I'll say it was not something I did on my own. I showed it. I think I auditioned to SAM in January and we filmed mm-hmm. in March um, and I went to Blackpool in February. So I was like mm. on the train in Blackpool 
just showing this trick to any magician I could find. Because, you know, the train ride from London to Blackpool is like two hours. So I was, we have a table there. So I just, and everyone I met at Blackpool, I did this trick on and got their notes or um, ideas. And uh, like, it was definitely not made just by me. It was made from a ton of different friends. And Mm -hmm. I just put it through filters of as many people as I could and performed as much as possible. And um, I literally, the inception of the trick and the creation of it, only was two months and then I was on the show in March 2020 um I will say though you know I met Penn at the Genie Magic Convention a couple of years before then and he talked about me on his podcast because I did something on stage that like nobody else wanted to do when they had a volunteer they were looking for so he was like I respect it like you committed to the joke you came up when we couldn't find anyone but like since then when I got on Fool Us Um, One second, I'm going to cough. I feel like I should mute my camera so it doesn't make a sound. Okay, I did it. Uh, Since then, getting on uh, Fool Us, I have, like, everyone's really wonderful and supportive, but there have been a few people I've heard that have said that I, like, used my womanly wiles to get on the show. And I've emailed Penn about it back and, well, you know, it's it's a... that's part of being a woman and being successful in any industry, any industry. I'm sure female directors get so no worries. Um, but I've literally like emailed Penn about it and he's delightful. He's a great mentor, very respectful and um, great, great guy. Uh, and, and I'm like, yeah, some people like think that. And he just like laughed. He's like, that's so funny. I literally don't get to know who's on the show until they're on the show. I'll have friends come stay with me. Good friends. And they'll lie and say they're there for something else. And then mm-hmm. they walk out on the stage and I'm surprised. And mm-hmm. he's like, that's so ridiculous to think I get any say in it at all. Like it's not, mm-hmm. that's not the case. And I personally worked very closely with Adam and, or not Adam, Andrew and Lincoln and um, Mike Close and everything those three months before mm-hmm. I was on the show and, you know, genuinely auditioned at SAM and they had no idea that I knew Penn. So, um, it's just, it's, it's funny. It's something you have to deal with, but I definitely, I, I dropped everything and worked on that for three months and the turnaround time is mm-hmm. crazy. I can't believe I did it in three months. I got on the show, but I worked hard. And um, well. just to clarify to everyone, I did not uh, get on the show by being sexy. Um, <laughs> that just happens to, I just happen to be sexy, but that's not how I got on the show. Uh so yeah, I I could literally talk for ages. So that, but I'll wrap that there. I guess mm-hmm. that's how I got on the show. <laughs> cool. Okay. Question. Uh, so you've you've been on TV. You've been on Pantella. You've done stand up comedy, dance, uh, children's magic, stilt walking. Does does anything scare you anymore? I'll say performing for magicians scares me. Um, I am, I'm so afraid. Yeah, I'm actually lecturing at TAOM and PCAM. Um, it'll be my first time lecturing in person. Uh, I've lectured like a penguin lecture and I've done a couple mm-hmm. of virtual lectures like mm-hmm. during COVID times, but it'll be my first time at like a legitimate convention lecturing in person. And uh, I'm a little nervous. Um, I'm also doing magic. They put me in the mm-hmm. close up and I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, <laughs> I'm with these amazing people like Chad Long and Eric Jones. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I was like, I, you know, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> and they're like, no, we believe in you. So I'm a little bit nervous um, for that. 
And I will say, like, I'm not a Magic Castle member. I've performed mm-hmm. in their virtual show, and they've hired me to do corporate events. Mm-hmm. Like, they've paid me on numerous times to do magic mm-hmm. for them. But I am, like, so afraid of auditioning. I auditioned, like, uh, six years ago or seven years ago when I first moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. And I was so nervous, and I did the same triumph trick that I did that got me on mm-hmm. the producer's radar for Fool Us. And I totally like shuffled the wrong card. I just totally controlled the wrong card because I was Yikes. nervous. The only other time I've ever messed up that trick is when I was showing it to Rob Zabrecki because mm-hmm. I just am, I, he's my favorite and I was intimidated mm-hmm. by him and I, I wanted uh, to try it. And I, so I've only messed it up mm-hmm. twice. Once for Rob Zarecki and two for the Magic Castle audition. Uh-huh. And literally in the middle of the audition, I was like, oh man, I wouldn't have me be a member. <laughs> like I said <laughs> Which is like, well, like, <laughs> I guess that's like pretty good uh, information for them. So, and I just literally since then have been so afraid to ever audition. I think it's the idea of having people judging me. I don't mind mm-hmm. performing for magicians. I don't mind, um, you know, fool us. Like I mm-hmm. wasn't shaking at all. I was cool as a mm-hmm. cucumber on TV, but there's something about, I think the magic convention where I'm mm-hmm. with all these amazing all-stars and um auditioning for like magicians to tell you whether you're worthy or not or something and mm-hmm. i love the castle like i love it but it's just really my biggest fear i i've never mm-hmm. i haven't tried in years to audition because i'm so scared i'm such mm-hmm. a little chicken about it <laughs> no that's fair honestly it is like a weird thing right when you're like you you'll do like the same routine like a million times at home and like you completely chill you perform it for like your friends it's like fine and then you perform it for another magician and your hands just like start to shake and you're like literally what is happening like i'm not that stressed but suddenly i am (laughs) totally and actually it's funny because um so recently usa today interviewed me and they came to me and they were because i have good seo if you google female magician in la magician in la female in LA like I come up so um this USA Today guy came to me and he was like hey like um I want to know more about like being a woman in the LA magic community and the magic castle and I was like everything's great and wonderful and you know I was like I I want magic to do well I'm not going to say anything bad I think he was curious just magic castles had a lot of negative press lately unfortunately it's one of my favorite places in the world so I was happy I got a chance to be like no they're great they're supportive of women um it's a wonderful place and he was like do you know other people of like minorities and magic women and um you know any, anyone else and I connected them to my friend Dave Laurie who's amazing uh trans kind of non-binary magician and a couple other female magicians in LA and uh like he interviewed me about just being in LA and, and a couple questions about the magic castle. And I said, it's great and wonderful. And my friend who's a uh, non-binary day, they um, connected with the magic castle because they're very, they perform there all the time. They're in the juniors program and they're like, can we film there? And I was like, yeah, I'm not a member, but um, if you guys let me, that'd be cool, but no pressure. And they were like, well, we're just happy that you asked. We would love to be a part of this article and have you guys, film at the castle and like do a photo shoot and everything so um we were able to go there with the usa today photographer and it never would have happened if my wonderful friend didn't ask so i i will just say you never know what can happen if you're just nice and like get other people involved in what you're doing um when that 
journalist asked me if I know other people in LA, I could have been like, no, I'm the only one, you know, but I was like, no, I'm going to introduce you to people that are cool and that are my friends and that are, you know, castle members and other women in magic. And I'm so glad I spread that not to sound too much like a hippie, but that positive karma, because we never, ever, ever would have been able to film at the castle. I never would have asked um, uh, if my friend hadn't connected us and made it work. And so it just was like, we're just spreading positive karma around. Um, not to sound too much like a, a hippie. I feel like a hippie when I say karma, but you know, uh, good, good energy. Uh, yeah. And so we filmed there to get back on the track of the story. And I have done like, cups and balls a million times. I'm not the best at it, but it's kind of my project of the last year. I'm trying to like do a really good one. And uh, we're like filming and I, and I, and I do card magic in my sleep. It's like my go-to when I do strolling. And I was just shaking like giant tremors doing it in front of these amazing big names. And they were all there supporting me like Gay Blackstone and the president of the castle and the PR woman. There was like a, a team of five people there with us watching me smiling and I was just sitting in that close-up room like shaking like so big because I thought oh god these really important people watching me and all the stuff that I could do in my sleep I was like so nervous to do um and and that's like literally two weeks ago so I I don't know if I'll ever be ready to do that but I'm very excited for these magic conventions because I think that'll be a great way to dip my toes into doing magic for magicians and it won't be as scary as like an audition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I am honestly this has been fantastic. I'm sorry, but we're gonna have to I think that would have to be our final question for today. If you're down, we'd love to have you on again, Katrina, because I have honestly literally like twenty more questions I want to <laughs> ask you, but <laughs> time sadly does not permit today. Um, but thank you so much for everything you shared. Before I go, is there anything before we go, is there anything you want to shout out or place people can find you? I know you have a Patreon. Uh, obviously you have Instagram, YouTube, where can people find you if they're interested to hear more? So all my handles are at Magical Katrina. So you can find me anywhere that way. Please uh, follow my Patreon. Um, I have magic tutorials, magic lectures, all my writing and stuff I've ever written about magic and magazines and things is uh, on there. And I also do coaching and business coaching and stuff on there. Um, so do that if you want any magic or business coaching or marketing help uh on zoom i'm like a hundred an hour so just hit me up (laughs) perfect well thank you so much katrina again thanks for being so candid thanks for everything you shared honestly i hope we do get a part two because like i said i have a ton of questions that i still want to ask you but i talk so much i talk so much no it's not your fault honestly like i just wanted to hear what you had to say and now i'm realizing Maybe this should have been more of a two-hour slot. <laughs> so it's more of my bad than anything. But yeah, thank you so much for everything you shared. It really was like amazing. And I think you're doing an amazing job of all of your marketing performance. And it sounds like you've already got your head screwed on straight. So thank you for, for sharing everything that you did. And we'll hope to have you back soon. Thanks for having me. Thank you.